From Madison, Wisconsin, World Dairy Expo presents The Dairy Show, the digital meeting place of the global dairy industry, where we sit down to talk cows, cutting edge technology, and the colored shavings. Welcome back to The Dairy Show, everyone. I am your host, Katie Schmidt. And I am really hoping that this is going to be the best episode yet because our guest is none other than my new boss, World Dairy Expo's new general manager, Laura Herschelup. So welcome to the podcast, Laura. Thank you so much, Katie. I'm very honored to be here and be among your esteemed guests that you have had on the podcast previously. Usually our podcast guests are producers. They're people who are our industry experts. They're bringing some knowledge um, and stories to the podcast. And this episode, I really want to just help people get to know you a little bit better and help them understand the, the individual who is now leading Expo Forward and, and really kind of driving this team uh, into the future. So with that in mind, I would love to know if you could share a fun fact or two with listeners about yourself beyond your involvement in the dairy industry. Well, there are many that would probably, or some people could find comical. I think one of the, one that I'll share is I am an avid sports fan to the extent that like my dream job certainly would be to serve as general manager for World Dairy Expo. But if I had two secondary dream jobs, one would be to be on the sidelines as like a sideline broadcaster for ESPN, talking Packers and Wisconsin Badger football or basketball. And my second one would have been to be a meteorologist, but I didn't like science enough to pursue that. So not only am I a huge, huge sports fan, as I said, Wisconsin, Badgers, Green Bay Packers, but I had the opportunity to interview three Packers players and basically have a panel discussion with them. It was with Mike Daniels, John Kuhn, and Don Barkley. This was probably like four or five years ago up at Lambeau Field. And it was one of the coolest things that I had ever done. I'm pretty sure not only was I fangirling on him on them, but like I was asking him all these really in-depth questions. And I had a number of people who were in the audience and friends saying, we're pretty confident they never had, never expected you to come with this like arsenal of like, tell me about Aaron Rodgers' yoga poses and like what his plays are and what his like demeanor is in the huddle and things like that. And those are all on my list of questions to ask. So it was so cool. Why did you get to interview Packers players? Earlier in my career, I worked for Badgerland Financial, and we would have an annual summer conference, and we held the conference in Green Bay that particular year. And so we had a tour of Lambeau Field and then um, dinner out on like one of the patios, and kind of the main entertainment for the evening was having these three Packers players in. So the crowd got to ask questions themselves. I had questions autographs, pictures. It was the coolest thing. They were wonderful. They were such great, accommodating participants willing to do just about anything that we needed. It was great. That's fantastic. I actually did not know you got to do that. You like to talk about sports. You like to watch sports. Do you also play sports? I do. I did. I probably not as much. I shouldn't say I do. I did is probably the better way to put it. I played a lot of sports growing up, volleyball, soccer, and basketball. I still try to work out. I'm actually, in addition to my responsibilities at Expo, I am a CrossFit coach. So that's something that I really enjoy doing. And it's a very different 
outlet of outlook or outlet of my experiences and things like that. It's a lot of fun. We have a great group of people. I'm a member of Crested to Forest, so just north of Madison, and we have a wonderful family there. So, and I also help coach my daughter's soccer team. They are 11 years and younger, and our team nickname is the Cobras, and they are fantastic. They crack me up. They keep me humble. They laugh at me. Like the other night, I wore glasses. Usually, I wear contacts. They're like, um, Laura, Coach Laura, like, what is going on? Why do you have glasses? Or like last year during the show, I actually stepped away for a couple hours to go coach one of the sh- one of their games, and they're like, "Why are you so dressed up?" Like typically, you know, I'm in my sweats and like sweatshirt, all this kind of stuff, and they could not fathom that Coach Laura had something else going on in their life in her life besides just coaching them. Right? How dare you like have something else that is up? equally as important, not more important, not less important, just equally as important. Yes. Like that was, that was not, they were not so sure what to make of that. How does coaching, whether it's CrossFit or youth soccer, how does that translate into managing an organization like World Dairy Expo or maybe in the reverse? How does Managing Expo translate into coaching kids as well as adults? You know, I think it really is all about listening, you know, and engaging. And I think that's something that I strive to do when it comes to Expo, when it comes to our Expo team at the event. And then of course, at the gym or with the girls, you know, I listening and observing, I think is a really big part. There's such interesting characteristics and things that I can pick up on people, especially in these other settings that I think I've been able to carry over. It allows me to help and probably do a better job of reading people, uh, reading situations. And I think it's just a really good grounding, like it's good to have this mix of experiences and just be really grounded and well-rounded. And it is a great opportunity to spend quality time with my daughter. My son also plays soccer. So, you know, it's a family activity. Speaking of experiences, let's talk about dairy experiences. You got your start on a family farm way back uh, in your childhood. Talk us through that progression of going from family farm and into your career today. I mean, I was so blessed um, to grow up in Germantown on a very small farm, as you mentioned. Um, Germantown's over in Washington County, so very proud of my roots over there and in Washington County. And what's really unique is that our farm was just a mile north of the Milwaukee County line. So I was the only kid in my high school of about 1200 that had any sort of dairy experience or agriculture experience. So I, from an early age, was talking all about agriculture and talking all about why it's awesome that this calf was born and like, she's the cutest thing ever. And like, you should come out to the barn or bringing my class out to the barn, things like that. Having my birthday parties, like where we were just wandering around the farm. I mean, that was just like, that's all I knew. But it was also really cool just because I was sharing that message, you know, from a very early age. And I think back and I'm so amazed, you know, my my father actually passed away when I was young. So I think back and my mom was really is so incredible. She still is an um, incredible role model in that she really let my brother and I kind of carve our own path. Like, don't get me wrong. We had responsibilities on the farm that there is no like doubt about that, but that, you know, We would come home from school or even before school, you know, you do your chores, but you had to get everything done. And then you could go in the house and have supper and, you know, practice your instrument or do your homework, things like that. So she was just so supportive and my grandparents too, of 
letting us just find our own way. And so that in like instilled in me just a very deep appreciation and love for the dairy industry. And I actually went to UW Green Bay my freshman year of college. I was hoping to play college basketball up there, but had fully intended on transferring to UW Madison. So I did that my sophomore year and graduated with a degree in dairy science and egg journalism. So while I was involved at UW Madison, I was involved with the dairy club, Badger Dairy Club. I was actually on the UW homecoming court one year and involved with the committee, intramurals, like all the sports things then too. So I really got my first true taste of like the nitty gritty behind the scenes of Expo as part of Badger Dairy Club. I'm so grateful for that upbringing and appreciate all the wonderful role models, especially my family. But there's so many people that have helped me along the way. And I'm very, very grateful for that and hope that I can make them proud. So between your Badger Dairy Club days and you being general manager now at Expo, you, you mentioned earlier you worked for Badgerland for a little bit, which is now Compure Financial. You also held some roles for Expo. And at one point in time, you were the dairy cattle show manager for World Dairy Expo. And if I'm not mistaken, it was like early 2000s. Is that correct? Actually, like late. Mid like 2008 to 13, I believe. There we go. Late 2000s. So this is prior to the new home pavilions being built. So what was it like to manage the dairy cattle show at World Dairy Expo? I mean, like the cattle show of cattle shows. I mean, incredible. You know, it was overwhelming. I mean, if I'm being totally honest, in that the size and scale and grandeur of it is so massive and it's so meaningful to so many people. And that was never anything at that point in time or today that I've ever taken for granted. So I, I think that I just felt like I had this amazing opportunity in front of me to do my very best to represent our stakeholders, our cattle exhibitors, our committee members, our sponsors, these folks that the cattle show is such an imperative part of their businesses that to have this small slice of the puzzle, I wanted to do whatever I could to make their experience and time in Madison the best possible. And of course, there's many things out of my control, but um, it was it was an honor. Um, I worked closely with Bob Kaiser. He was the overall dairy cattle superintendent and our dairy cattle exhibitor committee at the time. And it's uh, <laughs> I should also add, during that time, I had two kids so <laughs> that were born in August and September. So not great timing on my part, but you know I could not have done it without the support of the team <laughs> here at Expo and understanding of so many. What was the oddest task you had to do during Expo week in that role? <laughs> well, you know, I think given my time with Expo, not a lot seems odd anymore. If I had to look back, and this is probably not one of my finer moments, one of the years, I think it was it was in 2011, because it was a couple of weeks after my daughter was born, I had decided we had the Canadians that were moving in. At that time, it was on Wednesday night, I think it was, and or Thursday night, whatever, I apologize. But I thought, oh, I got a little time before they're crossing the border. I'm going to go grab some Badger Dairy Club kids and see if they can help me set up the red panels at the back of the sale tent. Because 
that gets us ahead of like things that we had to do the next day. And like if Badger Dairy Club wasn't busy, like it could, it would work out. That was all a great plan until I was working with the BDC kids and we were trying to push these gates off the fork of a forklift. About three or four gates fell back on top of me because there was like 70 mile an hour winds and I like crushed, you know, like knocked me down to the ground. I ended up having to get stitches in my head. And this was on, actually, I take that back. It was Thursday night. So cattle, everyone was moving in Friday morning at that time. And I had to go get stitches in my head. I had a two-week-old daughter at home, and my husband had had deviated septum surgery the day before this all happened. So we were a hot mess, plus we had a two-year-old. Looking back, it was, I'm, you know, I was, I felt so bad, actually, because I was late getting in on Friday morning. I don't think I got in until like eight o'clock, which typically I'd be on grounds at like four or five because all our exhibitors are coming in, your cattle exhibitors are coming in, but I needed to wait till Walgreens open up so I could get pain medicine. So I don't know if that answers your story, but that was an odd sequence of events that happened. Then we went on to have a really great show. So that was awesome. I guess it was good. I got it out of the way at the beginning of the week. I knew where that story was going the entire time. And I still like just cringed while you're talking about it. Cause that is, I think we all have those expo stories where you make it through something that is just absolutely crazy. And then you know that from there you can get through anything. There is nothing that will stop you. Yeah, that's exactly it. It was kind of like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to be optimistic that we can only get better from here. I don't think I can probably do more damage to myself at this point in time. So we're just going to drive on and knock on wood, it all worked out for the best. Right. I think a lot of farm kids can relate to that mentality. <laughs> exactly. <too. laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm pretty confident that's where it came from. Other former roles that you held at Expo. You were also previously the marketing manager, so this is actually not the first time that you've been my my manager, which is a lot of fun to have you back. But one of the fun projects that we got to work on together when you were here was actually picking the 2022 annual theme and designing that with our friends at Still Good. Do you want to give listeners just like an inside look as to how that comes to be and what the importance of those annual themes is? So I'll first talk about kind of how we get there. And what's so cool about the process is it is so grassroots in nature. Like literally, we bring all of these previous theme ideas, all these lists, we keep lots of lists, lots of notes around here, all of them together. And our entire team sits in our conference room and basically brainstorms. We come up with words and maybe some phrases and we have probably... 50 different ideas that we have at the start of this, or, you know, kind of as we're going through this brainstorming session, and then we whittle it down and down and down and think of, okay, where, what are some themes that we could combine? What are some areas that we've kind of touched on in the past? Where do we want to go with this? We like that word, but where do you want to go with it? And that's where it led us to essential elements, this year's theme. As you said, our partners at Still Good, they ran with, I'm pretty sure that the word we gave them was elements. So, you know, that could mean anything. I would venture to guess if my memory serves me right, we were thinking kind of along those periodic table lines and kind of the science piece because we really hadn't been in that space before from a, a theme standpoint. And 
they knocked it out of the park. I mean, they gave us some different examples of artwork and things like that. We worked back and forth with them. And it's, you know, the theme is so historic in to World Dairy Expo. And it's really like the foundation of what we certainly build our show ring decor on. But what's definitely used in our cattle show as well. Many of our, um, you know, exhibitors will have different pieces and different elements as part of their displays out in the pavilions. And that's the same with our commercial exhibitors as well. You know, they'll be incorporating them into their booth. And so it's a a really rich, fun tradition that I think is very, very near and dear to many of our hearts that, you know, we're hopeful will continue for many decades to come. Did you ever get to help build one of the show ring themes like displays? Yes, yes. And um, at the time, one of the formal general managers, Tom McKittrick, was the mastermind behind the show ring build. And he, his level of creativity is, I mean, lights out. It's like phenomenal, literally. And not only does that come through in how his build happens or what the final look is like, but more so what it, what the pieces are to get there. I mean, where you see this grandiose kind of display on the end of the show ring and you're thinking, nothing's going to knock that thing down. Well, it's pretty likely that it's styrofoam and some two by fours, you know, and it's, we don't want a, a significant breeze to come through there, you know, but it works and it's amazing. And so getting creative in the building process was certainly something that I learned and experienced back in my BDC days. So we announced this winter that the show ring will look different in 2022, especially when it comes to those display areas. Do you know how the theme will still be incorporated in the show ring without those two-dimensional displays that we've become so accustomed to or why that change even really happened? So a little bit about, I mean, why the change happened, let's start there, is frankly, to give our ever-growing dairy cattle show more room in the show ring. We, along with the trade show, I mean, these are two of the most critical components of the event. And we want to make sure that those cattle exhibitors that are traveling from all over North America have their due opportunity and time on the colored shavings. So we felt that it was due, probably long overdue, arguably, to find ways to create more space uh, within the ring. So that has enabled us by moving, removing that west rail, by sh- shrinking the show ring display, it allows us to gain some more space in the ring for better display of cattle being exhibited. That's important. That's critical. But when it comes to incorporating the theme, well, we cannot divulge secrets. Like as there are certain, some tried and true things about the show that never come out until you get to Madison and what that show ring build looks like is part of it. So I cannot tell you all the details. Plus it's still in the works, but ways that we can incorporate the, the theme is, you know, uh, if you think about the out, the hockey rink rail, you know, we can do some decor on there. Some of the mums um, can have colors similar to what we include in our theme artwork. And that's the case every year, you know, so there'll be each year, it looks a little bit different, but certainly there are some tried and true hallmarks that are part of the show ring build. Yeah. So listeners, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but we are not going to reveal the color of the shavings today. 
I don't know what color it is yet. I'm sure Laura doesn't know yet. We're waiting just like all of you. So we will wait until October until those get unveiled. And uh, we're excited to see what the show ring will look like too. On the other side of the grounds at Expo, we obviously have the trade show. This winter, you spent some time actually working with the trade show team here at Expo prior to you being hired on as the general manager. So you kind of got a taste of contract season, really. I think listeners might be surprised to learn what the timeline looks like for creating Expo's trade show. So when do things happen? Why do they happen in the timeline that they do? And what can we expect to see in the trade show at World Expo 2022? Planning for the trade show, like all aspects of the show, are more than a 365-day endeavor. I mean, we're always planning ahead, taking notes, thinking of ways that we can improve for future years. So having the opportunity to work with um, the trade show team was really formative. I, I had been early, much, much earlier in my career. I worked for Alltech. So I, had, I got to be the local person that kind of coordinated all of our trade show booth details, including that for World Dairy Expo, which was phenomenal. But being able to come back and see this other side of the show was so good to learn. Crystal and Michaela work so incredibly hard to not only create this incredible customer experience and environment for all of our trade show exhibitors, but also have it done in such a way that it's going to be advantageous for our attendees. So, you know, when I was able to provide a little bit of assistance, you know, contracts were going out at the beginning of the year and it's like, okay, I know it's January, but, you know, we need to, we need to put this puzzle together that is the World Dairy Expo trade show. It was really great to learn the level of professionalism and communication that Crystal and Michaela provide to their trade show exhibitors is top notch. Uh, so seeing that, seeing those different ways in which they communicate and just, you know, learning more. I mean, all the new companies that are participating and things like that, it was really interesting to see that more closely. So uh, I also had a chance to work while we were doing sponsorship renewals as well. So kind of along those same lines. And it's a, there's so much hard work and dedication and commitment that goes into making it the best experience possible. And that is across all aspects of the show. Yeah, that's one of the timelines that amazed me when I started working at Expo was the fact that the show just ended in October. By December, we're figuring out what the layout looks like for the next year. And January 1, we're putting out contracts for the trade show. And it's just mind-blowing to think that it's it's a 10-month process to assemble this trade show, but it it really is this massive project. And I think earlier in March, we had heard that we we're around like the 600 number for exhibitors. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes, that's what I recall. You know, and I think too, we're always looking when the event is happening is like, okay, where is there a little bit of open space, which we all know there isn't much, but where, what can we do talking to some exhibitors that are like, what about that location? Or what about that, this one, you know, trying to find the best fit for each company and understanding and learning and understanding about their business goals and objectives while at the event is, you know, important for all of us. The other pieces of Expo that we haven't talked about and that Again, you've had your fingers on in the past, which is kind of, again, it's, it's so incredible that, that you are the person that will be leading Expo here. 
is the education components and the networking pieces. Is there anything on that front that you think we need to talk about today that listeners might be interested to know about? Well, let's talk education first. I mean, if if you really think about all the different opportunities for education at World Dairy Expo, I mean, coming to the event in and of itself is an educational opportunity. Whether you're an attendee, whether you're an exhibitor, whatever it might be, you're obviously learning, networking, gaining this formative experience for the rest of your life. Specifically, the World Dairy Expo, best sanctioned, for lack of a better word, education. Um, we work closely with the World Forage Super Bowl to have our forage seminars. In addition, we have our Expo Education Seminars, which we had previously had eight of those each year. We're going down to four. So one being held on Tuesday through Friday. We also have our virtual farm tours. Four of those held, same thing, Tuesday through Friday. In addition, we have Expo in Espanol, which are seminars presented in Spanish, which we added just for the first time last year. And um, we'll have four of those, which is super exciting. Those were really, really well attended. Uh, we also have our Knowledge Nook, which is a great area that we introduced a couple years ago where companies can present new research and products that have been unveiled in the last 12 months since the previous year's expo. And then we have our Tanbark Talks that are in the arena building. So that's in addition to like seeing everything else and connecting with all of your friends, family, you know new friends and family at the show. So the offering is significant. We often joke that we're not really good at like taking things away. We're really good at adding on, but I think that speaks volumes to how talented the team is. And just uh, they want to provide the very best experience for World Dairy Expo participants and attendees. And they'll do that at no, at, they won't stop at any cost. <laughs> As you were talking about the educational opportunities that are Tuesday through Friday, I'm realizing that we actually haven't talked about the schedule for 2022. Briefly, what can attendees and exhibitors expect for the event this fall? So first and foremost, mark your calendars. October 2nd through 7th will be this year's World Dairy Expo. That is a Sunday through a Friday. So what we really, what it boils down to is a six-day event with a five-day cattle show and a four-day trade show. So on Sunday, our youth contests will be held. That includes our fitting contest, our showmanship contest, as well as our judging contests. On Monday, we will start with the cattle show. As I said, that'll continue all the way through Friday. Then move in for the trade show will be happening over the weekend, including on Monday, and the trade show opens on Tuesday morning. So that is a change, but we really encourage folks, make sure you are visiting worlddairyexpo.com and downloading the app, World Dairy Expo, our event, our event app, so you could really plan out your time at Expo. I mean, the reality is something that you want to go to may have changed, whether it's a time or location. So we want people to make the most of their time at World Dairy Expo. We're always here to answer questions, but start thinking ahead, start planning ahead, and you know, just try to you know, maximize that time that you have while you're with us here in Madison. When we think of an organization like Expo, and it's so rich in history and traditions, and everyone has their favorite thing that they love about Expo. How does an organization 
like that continue to not only survive, but also thrive to ensure that future generations can also create their own traditions someday at Expo? Well, I think it absolutely starts with honoring the foundation and the history that is so rich for the event. We wouldn't be here today, 55 years later, if it weren't for the work that our founding fathers did for World Dairy Expo, you know, in in that bar, at those cattle shows, you know, on those napkins, really hashing out plans. And that is never something I think any of us on staff would ever take for granted. So we rely so heavily on the input of all our exhibitors. We rely on the input of the members of our various committees, our board of directors. And those folks have such rich history and tradition themselves within the industry. And then, of course, at Expo, that really provides a well-rounded perspective for us. You know, it's, it's not going to be easy. And, but I also feel like as we see the dairy industry continue to modernize, World Dairy Expo will be charged with and need to modernize. And one of those things I think that is an example is the change in our show schedule for this year. You know, it's it's different and we realize it may not always be received favorably, but we're trying new things. We're open to input. We're open to feedback. We always welcome that. And um, we ask for grace, too, along the way as we do try those new things. So it's exciting as we're embarking on um, another five-year strategic plan, basically like the second week of October this year after we get done with the show. But there are some exciting things ahead. and and. It's possible World Dairy Expo will look different, but it's always going to be true to its roots in that we have the pillars of our cattle show, our trade show, networking, education, and our youth contest. Those five pillars are never going away. If there's somebody listening who has never attended World Dairy Expo before, what would you tell them to encourage them to come this fall? The electricity of being at Expo is like no other. There is no other place that you can go that you can see the best of these different worlds. Trade show, cattle show, education, youth, all the networking you could possibly imagine, all in one place. I mean, you can't, we always joke that you can't go from the exhibition hall to the Coliseum without running into probably five or 10 people that you know. Whether it's your first year at the show or it's your 50th year at the show. If you're looking for somebody looking to enrich themselves in all that Expo has to offer and providing this fire and and lighting this fire, I should say, within you to be passionate about the dairy industry, boy, I would not want to miss Expo. Never. Same. I would never want to miss Expo either. (laughs) I remember actually at one point in time in between my time here on the team that we had um, some meetings and I that were occurring down in Chicago during Expo. And I was definitely paying attention at the meetings, but I was also absolutely watching the Brown Swiss show because I was having a really hard time fathoming like, how is this happening? How how are we having meetings during the event? And and I understand, I know, I know how it works, but you know, you just can't take it out of the person or out of me. No, I, I have that thought every time I see a schedule come across and I'm like, the first week of October, what are you doing? That's ours. Like that's yeah. expo. Just come 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 to Madison and then you can do whatever you need. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, 
hopefully we see everyone in October. I'm excited to see what you do, Laura, as the new general manager of World Dairy Expo. And I have to say thank you so much for being a guest on the show and for just this very candid conversation about the organization and about our future. So thank you so much for your time and thanks listeners for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dairy Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us today. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends about how much you are enjoying The Dairy Show. We would love to have them join us as well. And last but not least, if you have any comments for us, send us an email at wde at wdexpo.com. We would love to hear from you. 